Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in the Ivy League, a look inside the ancient eight teams in the Ivy League and their upcoming games with all of the stats, trends, and analysis that you want to hear. And now, here's your host, Tom Barton. All right, guys, everybody out there, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you out there. If you're listening to me after the New Year's 2022, I hope you guys really enjoy it. Listening right before, what are you doing? Have a couple of drinks and listen to my Ivy League podcast. Getting ready for next week. Look, next week we're going to be taking a look. The Ivy League schedule begins. So it has been a topsy-turvy kind of Ivy League schedule leading up to this, right? A lot of cancellations, a lot of games pushed back, a lot of uncertainty. We were able to play that Syracuse-Cornell game, which was nice. You know, I thought Cornell actually played pretty well this past week. Uh, Despite the loss, they played pretty well. Their offense is definitely something that I am buying into, I will tell you that much. But a lot of uncertainty and, and a lot of questions that we had during our preview show are remaining questions right now. You know, the questions about... Is Harvard too young? Will they gel? Yeah, I still have that question. I still have those questions. The Harvard-Kansas game was canceled. I still have questions about what the Harvard Crimson are. I know they're young. I know they're talented. I also know that that could lead to some undisciplined play. I wasn't sure if I believed in Yale. I wasn't sure if I I believe that they should be that team. They should be the team that everybody kind of just said, yeah, absolutely, they're the best team in the Ivy Leagues. You know, their 6-8 and eight record kind of tells me, yeah, maybe I was on the right direction there. I wasn't sure about Princeton. I thought Princeton was going to be a little bit better than people gave him credit for, a little bit better than people assumed. 10-3 and three record kind of tells you yes, but, you know, you watch these games, I'm not blown away with Princeton either. Teams like Dartmouth have performed well at times this year. Teams like Brown have performed well at times this year. A team like Penn, You know, a lot of writers out there and a lot of the Ivy League season previews had Penn as that four, number four team. They were the fourth team. They were going to get into the tournament. They were going to get into the Ivy League tournament and try to make a push. And they were one of the four. And I I told you guys during the preview show, I said, I'm not sure. I don't know if Penn gets in. I don't know if Penn is that team to be able to sneak in. And well, you know, Penn sitting there with three wins, they don't look like they're that team. And then you have, you know, look, Columbia, we knew they were going to have a bad year. And then you have Cornell. And I said, look, I was kind of impressed with the way Cornell played Syracuse. They played them real tough for more than a half, um, about 10 minutes left into the game. And Cornell was within fighting distance. And I think you look at Cornell and you say, you know, that offense is for real. Now, I don't think they're real enough to average 90 points per game, which is what they kind of basically had going into that Syracuse game but I do believe that this Cornell offense is a strong offense. I think that if we had to reshuffle the deck, which we can do today, we reshuffle the deck and we're starting to look at the Ivy League tournament. And remember, the Ivy League, the conference begins Sunday. So it's going to begin and we start to get into the conference play. And this is where it really matters. Where I look at it now, I'm going, all right, you, you can argue that Princeton's the best team in the conference going into tournament play. I'm listening to that conversation. They have the most wins. That's fine. 
Um, I think Cornell is right there where they are today. I think that Cornell is right there. I think Cornell and Princeton are one, two. Who's the next team? Who's the three, four? You know, can 10 steal that and, and kind of recover their season? Yeah, there's plenty of time to. I, I, I don't know if they do. I think Columbia won't be that team. I don't think Dartmouth or Brown are that team. So I think it's kind of, you know, Yale and Harvard. Maybe that's what it is, unless one of these teams kind of gets high. Look, we've seen Dartmouth play really well at times this year. We've watched Brown play really well at times. So where we stand today, I still do believe that Princeton is the best team, even though I am believing in Cornell. And yeah, I got a lot of you guys writing me, and you guys can write me. It's over at uh, over at Tom Barton Sports over on Twitter. Um, I pretty much answer everything that you guys want to talk about there, or at Tom Barton uh, Sports over on Gmail, Tom Barton Sports at gmail.com as well. So I can answer any of your comments that, that you guys bring up. And a couple of people wrote me that have listened to this show. By the way, thank you very much. I, I'm we're over a hundred uh, uh, you know listeners a week, so that that's pretty good. Um, you know, a couple of people asked me and they said, you know, you're really high on Cornell. You know, I think I'm kind of compensating for something, right? I think I'm compensating for Cornell because nobody gave him a chance before the year. So they've come out. They've really impressed me. They've opened my eyes and I'm sitting in a position where I'm saying, all right, I get it, Cornell. You know, I, I, I want to give you your credit. I want to overdo it with what Cornell is and who Cornell can be this year. So maybe I am overrating them a little bit. But when we are really breaking it down, I still do think Princeton is the class of this conference right now, where they are right now. What do I think going forward? Yeah, I could believe in Cornell. I still believe that Harvard is a really tough team. Before the year, I said, I think their athleticism, I think their inexperience will eventually kind of be washed away. Now, they haven't had an opportunity to show me that. And what, that, what I've seen on the court is a lot of what we've known. A lot of excitement, a lot of inexperience. Uh, I'm not so sure. You know, that's what, what we have watched, but that's what I think we thought we were going to watch. And then you get into a team like Yale. I didn't believe in Yale before the year, but I'm not counting Yale out. You know, Yale could turn it around. Forget about what their 6-8 and eight schedule says. They've gone through a pretty tough schedule here. You know, Yale hasn't had, you know, a, just a, a breeze-through kind of schedule. And they begin the Ivy League season in a position where they can really make some noise. I mean, this Yale team went out there. They lost to Seton Hall. Okay? They lost to Vermont. Neither one of those are bad losses. You know, you go out there, you lose to Auburn. Is Auburn a top 10 ranked team? Yeah, probably. All right? You lose to them. You lose to Iona. You lose to Monmouth. You lose to St. Mary's on the road. You should be beating teams... If you're Yale and you you are that team, you should be beating some of these teams. Maybe you feel like you should be beating a Vermont. Vermont's a good program. Maybe you feel like you should be beating a Monmouth. Monmouth's a good program. You shouldn't be beating the Auburns of the world. I don't think you could beat St. Mary's on the road. I don't think anybody expected you to. So the Yale schedule has been a little bit of a problem. So moving forward, yeah, look, I think Cornell and Princeton are 1-2. Harvard, Yale, probably 3-4. But I'm not writing out Dartmouth, and I'm not even going to write off Penn. Penn has not looked good. Penn's season has been uh, a massive disappointment to this point. But they do have a lot of games where you go, all right, they lost to LaSalle on the road by two points, barely. Clean some stuff up, that's a win. You lost to St. Joe's on the road by seven, barely. Lost to Temple on the road, less than 10, barely. All on the road. Lost to Villanova. In a game where, okay, you, you shouldn't even be in the same gym with Villanova. 
lost to 13th ranked Arkansas at the time. You know, the Townsend loss bothers you. Davidson doesn't. Utah State doesn't. Florida State doesn't. I mean, Penn's had a disaster, disaster of a schedule. So could I see Penn sneaking back in there? Yeah, I absolutely can. So as we walk into conference play, I think there's a lot of questions still yet to be decided. We've had the most amount of cancellations of any conference I could think of right now. I mean, it's just been cancellation after cancellation. So what do we really believe in these teams? Okay, well, let's start off with their conference play. Right away, we'll start at the bottom. And this Sunday, Brown takes on Penn. And you look at Brown and Penn, and I think that this is one of those statement games here. Brown's eight and six. Brown's looking at themselves and saying, you know, Tom Barton from Believe in the Ivy League over there on the Believe Podcast Network, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't mention Brown in that top four. I just don't believe in them. But I've seen Brown play well. I've watched Brown be that team that could be that that sneak-in team. But they've got to go out there and continue what I've watched. They've got to go out there and continue to play the way that I've seen them play this year. Which means you can't stumble against Penn. You can't do it in this spot. They will be favorites. They should win this game. But on the flip side, Penn's going, okay, we had a brutal schedule, guys. We lost a lot of games to a lot of good teams, a lot of good programs, a lot of road games. Now we come home to Philly. Now we come home and we begin what matters. And what matters is getting off on the right foot here. Most of all of the questions uh, that we've had here, most of the season is ahead of them, right? Forget about what they did here. It doesn't matter to Penn. And that really is kind of the reset button that is this conference now. It's a reset button. If you go out there and you beat Brown, albeit overachieving Brown, albeit a Brown team that maybe people didn't believe in a couple of weeks ago, but if you go out there and you beat Brown, an over 500 team, and you beat them in this spot and you beat them you know, at home, all of a sudden, next week, I'm sitting back in, I'm going, all right, guys, maybe we have to take Penn serious. Maybe Penn can turn this thing around. Because right now it's speculation. Brown and Penn have a lot to prove this Sunday. How about Yale-Columbia? Look, Columbia should get squashed in this game. Columbia's been really bad. We knew they were going to be bad. They've been they've been downright awful this year. Oh, we kind of knew that. Yale? Well, I just talked about Yale. Yale, tough schedule. Tough road so far. Yale's played some less than inspiring basketball, and we understand that. Yale is at home. Yale needs to go out there and absolutely spank this Columbia team. They need to go out there at home and absolutely prove a point to Columbia and to the rest of the league. We are still the guys to beat, and this is what we're going to do. Now, I'm not going to open up the show next week and say, wow, Yale, oh my goodness, they're back 100% because you beat Columbia. No, but teams that win this conference, teams that need to be included into the conversation of can you go to March Madness, can you go to the bracket, teams like that, well, what do you need? You need to beat and beat convincingly the teams you're supposed to. So on Sunday, Yale should not only win by double digits, this game shouldn't be close, it should be an absolute boat race, and Yale should take care of Columbia. Now, if that doesn't happen, maybe we have more questions about Yale than we thought we did. If that doesn't happen, maybe we're sitting back and having a conversation about Yale where, ah, what's wrong? What's going on? If they lose, well, guess what I'm opening up next week's show with, right? Columbia shocks the world. All right, Cornell-Dartmouth, one of the best games uh, because of the litmus test. 
Cornell was playing real well. Cornell scoring 90 points a game. Cornell meets Syracuse. Nobody expected them to go up to the Carrier Dome and beat Syracuse and, you know, outshoot this team. The over-under in Vegas was 163. They expected a blowout. They expected a big-time game. Cornell was getting 15.5 points. By the way, I took Cornell in that game, plus a 15.5 cash win it. And Cornell was within the number. Cornell played really well. You might not think so if you're a Cornell fan. You thought you had a chance to win that game. Look, Syracuse at the end of the year is going to be a tournament team. Syracuse at the end of the year, they may be a top 25 team. And you hung with them. You played well. You covered the number if the lines matter to anybody out there. You played well. Now you're at home. Now you had a couple of cancellations. You had a little bit of a, a bit of a break. Don't lose that momentum. Dartmouth is a dangerous team this year. Dartmouth is the one team that I've told you guys for the last four weeks I cannot really figure out. I can't really put my hand on who Dartmouth is. Because Dartmouth plays well one week. They don't play well the next week. They generally play well at home, but not on the road. Well, this is a road game in Cornell. And this is a game where I want to see, do I believe in that Cornell offense? Look, they've had time off. Then they took on a Syracuse team. Now you get back to your level of competition. Can Cornell go out there and score into the 80s? Score like we think that Cornell can. Because that's what this team is going to live and die by. So Cornell has an opportunity, just like Yale has an opportunity, to go out there and not win the game, but convincingly show everyone in this conference that they are back and they are for real. This is a game where I think Cornell needs to do exactly that. And then we have Harvard-Princeton. This is a good game. It's in Cambridge. And here we go. Princeton is the better team. But Harvard is playing at home. And Harvard still has all of that talent, all of that athleticism. Princeton's in a spot where you look at them and you go, okay, you can't really have a letdown here. Now, if you do, here's here's the narrative. If Princeton loses this game, and they lose this matchup, and they, they go out there and they lose. What's the conversation going to be? Hey, you know what? It's up at Harvard, and Harvard's a, you know, a good team, and they're talented. But what you're doing is you're giving life to Harvard. Harvard right now and the Harvard basketball program, they're not really sure who they are. They, they don't believe, oh, right now anybody that follows this, I'm sure the teammate, people on the team do, but right now anybody that follows Harvard, you don't believe that you're a finished product, but you also... You, you, you kind of know you're not the best team in the conference right now. Now you win this game at home against Princeton, maybe we have a different conversation. But right now, you don't know if you're up to that level. Right now, you're still saying, you know what, we're young, we're going to grow. Right now, that's where this conversation is. But you win a game like this against Princeton, it's something different. Now, Harvard this year, what have they done? They've played close, close games. Nearly all of their games, they've been in it, they've been close, it's been tough. They have won three games in a row. But let's be honest, three games in a row, they were all home games. They were against Howard, Holy Cross, and against a D2 team, which they only beat by 10. They have gone out there and played different styles, scoring 77 against Howard, but winning with only scoring 62 against Holy Cross. They did drop one to UMass, not a bad loss, it's on the road. Did drop one to Rhode Island, not a bad loss. Three-point game against Siena, probably should have won that one. And a three-point game against Iowa, uh, Iona. They are playing really close, really tight games. In their mind, the people at Harvard, in their mind, they're going, okay, a couple of those games flipped the other way, and we could have one of the best records in the league. There is also the idea that, you know what, you're too young to win those games yet. And maybe you're too young to win that game against Princeton. 
because the Princeton Tigers are right now, like I said, the class of this conference. They are 10 and three. They have won five games in a row. But let's look at their schedule. They're doing it strictly on offense. 100 points scored, 89, 84, 82, 81, 77, 89. I mean, they are putting up 80, 90 points every single night. So does Harvard put them in a position where they have to attempt to outscore them? Or does Harvard kind of put them in a position where they go, no, 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 we're going to slow this thing down. This is going to be Tommy Amaker, and we're going to see what does he think of his team? Because if he goes out there and tries to go toe-to-toe, neck and neck, and really, really force Princeton to play a style of basketball that they're not used to playing and make that a slow down in the mud, take it, you know, take your time. If that's the way that he's going to play, and Tommy Amaker is saying, you know what? I don't believe that my guys can go out there and kind of outshoot this team. So let's let's make it to be our game. The problem with that is if you get behind, that game plan goes out the window. I'd be more interested to see Tommy Amaker say, all right, you guys want to score 80? We're going to score 85. I would rather see Tommy Amaker say, we have the offense that can keep pace. And then once he is close and you have, you know, coming out of the the half or even with about 10 minutes to go, then you can have the ability to slow the game down. But don't let this get into a a track meet. That mentality shouldn't be on your mind. Go out there and play your game. Don't be afraid. It's the same thing that they're going to have to do with Cornell. These offenses are prolific this year. So Harvard has shown that they could score near 80 points. Can Harvard score into the 80s to beat a team? Or do they have to rely upon the slowdown? This is the stylistic choices Tommy Amaker is going to have to make and what we're going to watch in this first game. I think this opening weekend is going to be absolutely telling. I think it's going to be a great Ivy League season. And I love the idea that we don't know. We still don't really know what we have right now. We're still kind of guessing on who these teams are. I think we're going to find a lot out. I think we're going to find a real lot out with this opening weekend. All right, guys, enjoy the new year. Happy new year to everybody out there and enjoy the opening of Ivy League play. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.